Welcome. Wow. wow. We are here at uh, Times Square, New York. It's Don't Be an Idiom. The people wanted it. We provided it. We're taking with 2019 out with the crowd. We're bringing it in. The bringing in 2020. Bringing it in. Let's hear some noise. Let's see the people. Wow. Oh my. Oh, you're too much. Look at look at all the smiles. The, oh wow. These people are excited. Okay. Shut okay. Up. All right. Now just. All right. That's enough. Bring it down. Quiet. Quiet. Shut up. That's it. Shut up. All right. Shut. All right. So we're here. We're at we're in 2020 <laughs> Times no, well, Square. No. We're in 2020 Times Square. We got Ryan Seacrest seat. We're sitting in Ryan Seacrest seat. We're recording from Times Square. This is Don't Be an Idiom, the podcast that explores the origin stories of uh, popular hmm. Hmm, phrases, words, and well, phrases. Widely known. Widely known. This is one of the oldest podcasts. Um, that I that I know of, <laughs> right. and even though it's only recorded biannually, it's the important. It's on the important days. It's of the year. By bygone, it's important. By, <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for joining us today. Uh, we've got some special things for you prepared. Yeah, we got some stuff, some big stuff to talk about before the at the top of the show. The top of the show. Who taught you the uh, that kind of jargon? We the, we're using we're using the lingo. Finally, it's a podcast lingo. How you doing, Albert? Top of the show, not. <laughs> no, no, good. No, I was going to make a joke about being depressed or something. No, I'm good. No, no, no. this is. I'm, I'm very depressed. We're <laughs> no, no, no. You are very <laughs> Tell depressed. Tell the truth. We're. I mean, we're finishing up a year here. Um, let's imagine. Let's like pretend we're on TV. Oh, let's do a yeah. Let's get like, what like a back in time sequence. Back in time like sequence. A, yeah. Harpsichord. Right. B- bubbles. Um, what else? What are there are some other. Uh, uh, what are these things? A harpsichord. A harp. Right? That's a harp. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is, that, is that different yeah, yeah. than a harpsichord? So now we're back. Yeah, those are two different instruments. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Call in. Harpsichord. If you <laughs> Harpsichord's got the keys. It sounds like this. But a harp sounds like. Well, it's confusing. Well, for you. <laughs> okay, so we just went back in time. It's early 2019. Wow, look at our hair. <laughs> thick, thick. Thick, luscious hair. Uh, thin, because I'm living in Barcelona. Oh, we're, we are thin. Well, I'm thinner. Oh, right, yeah. Because it's... But we're now, thin, thick hair. Thick hair. Nice. Um, the, now, now it's like March 2019. How, what are you up to? In March? Yeah. Uh, we're, I don't even know. Um, I was probably bored. Bored. <laughs> out of my mind. Okay, like a June, June, yeah, July, 2019. Bored, going through the boredom. Let's, let's zip forward in time. Let's get a sound effect for that. Moving forward in time. Yeah, I'm moving forward in time. Okay, now we're in the summer. Everyone remembers our road trip podcast yes. episode. Yes. We, our, ro- our road trip, our Euro trip. Yep. That we were happy-ish then. I, we look happy. Yeah. In the pictures. The pictures, we looked happy. They're deceiving, though. Uh, all right, move a little bit more forward in 2019. It's December. Bored again. Bored. bored. <laughs> but we haven't been to the future yet, which is just around the corner Can't tomorrow. Can't do that yet. And 2020, I think, is going to be the year for you. Mm. Definitely. 
Oh, I, you know what? I know something that's changed mm. over the year. Yeah. Last year at this time, we were putting this table together and the legs didn't fit. Yeah. So we had false legs right. on it. Um, and now we have... You can't lean on it. Right. But, but now the, they're... finally, there are real legs on this table. Yeah. And this table is something that we brought with us to Times Square. The table is in Times Square. With right. Us. Okay. So um, one thing we thought would be fun to do um, for us, because we don't care about you, we care about ourselves right well that's not true that's a little true it's not true it's 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 irrelevant we had some questions about old lang sign because that's like the ultimate new year's song right now that's the the name of the song yeah yeah oh okay i bet you didn't know lang sign i bet you most people didn't even know that part because i didn't that the song was called that what did you think it was called the new year song (laughs) no you know, the song, everybody plays it New Year's. Yeah, so, well, and then... Untitled. We had an idea. We were going to we were gonna guess how many, excuse me, lyrics we knew from Old Lang Syne, but I, I think, I don't think we knew many. I always thought it was, should all acquaintance be forgot? Should all acquaintance be forgot? All acquaintances, though, right? All acquaintances. Be forgot. Should they? Yes, they should. Right. Because who needs them? Should old acquaintances be forgot? They're old, and they weren't even good enough to be friends yeah. in the beginning, so right. get rid of them. It's like a useless rhetorical question. Mm-hmm. All right. But we, we dug into the lyrics a little bit, and we thought we would um, bring them to you, the audience. Maybe uh, that would be something interesting for you guys to know. And we're gonna, yeah, and we're gonna, so we're going to break it down, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I, I first want to say that this was written by Robert Burns. Well, I already knew that. <laughs> I did know that. Just put a little notch on the knowledge board there. Oh, there's some more. There's a lot there. Well, Robert Burns was a Scottish poet. And I already knew that. We've celebrated Robert Burns Day. Yes, we have. By eating haggis. Right. In January. It's very good. But he also wrote Old, Old Lang, Lang Syne in 1788. Sure. Sure. Is I that think, true? Um, I think it doesn't is. matter. Uh, so the fir- we're just going to talk so about the first. So we're going to go through it. All right. You know, the first verse. Ready? Yeah, yeah. Should old <laughs> wait? Are we singing it or? Oh, I thought we were talking. Talk oh, yeah. singing. Should, Should old, old acquaintance, acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and old lang syne? All right. Then now let's just. What do you? What's old lang syne? My, <clears throat> my gut reaction is old lang syne is definitely a, a like a sea serpent <laughs> that wears like a like a a brown hat like yeah. a, like a. He's like a detective sea serpent. Yeah. Can you, um, I, can you picture how many people are out there listening to this thinking, I don't even know what song they're talking about? <laughs> yeah. Right, Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and old Lang Syne. All right, so if you didn't know, that was the song. That's the song. But uh, well, what do you think? What, what do you? Th- who do you think old, Lang- old Lang Syne is? Or do you even I think don't, it's a thing? No, I don't think it's a person. Of course not. Because the the questions should we should we forget? Should we not think re- re- reflect on old memories? Right. That's like people that uh, was like the glory days. Stuff right where you're just yeah, like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. just talking about the old times you gotta live in the now yeah pff, right we I love the old times yeah, the old times it's fun 
The now, though. Wow. So special. Do you think old Lang Syme is now? I think, <laughs> should old acquaintance be forgot and old Lang Syme? <laughs> and well, old go- Lang Syme. Listen, so, but does that mean we should also forget old right. Lang Syme? Yeah. If it is a sea serpent yes. with a hat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Should, should we, we forget, forget or should we forget the old times and forget the sea serpent right. named in the in the Scottish dialect Old Lang Syne. Old Lang Syne. Right. Should we? No. No is the answer. <laughs> Clearly. But yeah. then so then the next line, right? Yeah, the should chorus. Should we go into that too? Yeah. Um talk sing it. <laughs> Cuz yeah, is this the same melody? It's going to uh, be. Yeah. For let's talk sing it. All right. For old Lang Syne, my dear. For old Lang Syne, we'll, we'll take, take a cup of kindness, kindness yet. For, for old Lang Syne. Now, okay, so cup of kindness. We're drinking beer, it's whatever, right? Wine, sure. So it, it it sounds like they're like like should we bring a? I'm thinking old Lang Syne is so old mm-hmm. that he can't come to the party. Mm. So you got to bring him the beer or the wine or whatever. Right. Or do we just forget about him? Because he's old. Uh, forget about him. But unless, but if he's a sea monster, no. Definitely go. Because that's exciting. Very exciting stuff. Everyone knows it here. It's like the Loch... I think Old Lang Syne is the Loch Ness Monster's grandfather. That that's would make how sense I'm because thinking about the writer was Scottish. That's what I mean. That's why I feel like this yeah, all yeah, kind yeah, of... Yeah. yeah. Well... Old Lang Syne actually uh, means for the sake of old old times. So, <laughs> so should old acquaintance be forgot for the sake of old times? But it's there's not really a direct translation. It could I don't mean like it. it could mean old long since, or long okay. or long long ago. Well, look, I think we can all agree that our version's better. Mm-hmm. So the the eternal question is: Do you? You know, um, what's what's that word when you think back on old times? Nostalgia. Nostalgia. Yeah. Do you do you have nostalgic thoughts? Yeah. About your f- friends mm-hmm. or it is people about, who weren't good enough to be friends or acquaintances. It? But I think acquaintances. I know they're just using it that way. Yeah, I don't think they mean like personal acquaintances. It's just like, you know, I think maybe you have the an acquaintance time with life, and memory. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and should you forget the sea monster? I'm saying forget the humans, remember, remember the, the sea, sea monster. monster, period. Period. Welcome to 2020. Look, the crowd loves it. Can we hear what the crowd thinks about this? Hey, what do you think about old Lang Syne? That's a positive wow, reaction. Wow. Can you say what you said to me? Because I could see that on a sweatshirt. Forget the... Forget the... The f- humans? The humans? Remember, remember the sea, sea monsters. monsters. Forget the friends? Forget the friends. Forget your friends. Remember the, the sea, sea monster. monster. Yeah, that's it. Welcome to 2020. Right. All right. We're gonna get a lot of. We're gonna get a lot of mail. A lot of like homemade. The, the, our fans are gonna make those shirts. The shirts. The crew neck. Crew neck. Crew neck uh, sweatshirts. Etsy sweatshirts. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see those. I'd like to see them too. Go to our Patreon to get a free. Old Lang Syne. Old Lang Syne. Figurine. Dot com. And, <laughs> and now, <laughs> the other thing that we wanted to mention before we start the show. Yeah, and this is the last. Well, we've started the show. Before we, We're at the top of the show. All right. Before we dive in yeah, yeah. to the real show, um, we have to talk about 
Really? <laughs> That's a hi, Miko. It's the Times Square cat. So yep, this, this is my cat. <clears throat> um, so we were going to talk about uh, how this is the year of in, in the Chinese New Year, which has not happened yet. It's By the time you 25th. hear it, yeah. maybe yeah. it will <laughs> happen. Um, it's the year of the metal rat. So um, the year of the metal rat, like so, we were we had a big year of the water pig last mm-hmm. year, which which Ryan and I are water yeah. pigs. It was big for us. Oh right, right. Yeah, and we we did spend some significant amount of time talking about pigs. So we're right. not going to do that we're again. We're not going to do all that. No, but we just didn't. We do want to say that Jan, January, the end of January, marks the uh, the year of the metal rat, and uh, you might want to know some eminent personalities. Ooh, eminent is perfect for the first one because the first person we're going to talk about is Eminem. Yeah. Well, we're not going to talk about him. Well, we're going to mention. We mentioned him. He's a metal rat baby. Right, which you can see it. Um, We also have got on that list Prince Harry. Prince Harry, yeah. Scarlett Johansson. Yep. Katy Perry. Mm Mm-hmm. JFK. Well, he was a metal rat. (laughs) Nice. William Shakespeare, mm, and good. of and, course, and your favorite um, guy, and ours too, Zinedine Zidane, Zindine, Zindine Zidane. Crowd loves him. Crowd, can we get some crowd responses from Zinedine Zidane? Those boos are cheers. Someone saying boo earned. <laughs> um. Anyway, Albert, can you tell me what do you know about uh, Zindine Zidane? Well, his his family only knows four letters. Huh. Oh my God. So I think that's why he's that's his name. Dude, I bet so many people probably know who this is, and we're like the idiots who don't. Well, of course, that's why we saved him for last. It's a French former professional football player, but like soccer. Oh, of course. Who cares? Well, we are big in France. Well. Actually, we have, uh, I think we have 11 listeners in France. Wow. Well, hello. Bonjour. <laughs> Bonjour. All right. Well, All right. So. With that, um, with that out of the way. Top of the show. The top of the show's done. Done. Uh, we made it quick and painless for you. Yeah. Uh, relatively. <laughs> relatively painless. <laughs> We're bringing in the new year with clarity, with uh, efficiency. <laughs> like that, yeah. What, with like Zyndine? I know, we were listening to that bartender talk on the radio, and they were like, well, this year's drink has to have clarity and focus. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's stupid. Yeah. All right, we're going to play our game and, de- and determine who's going to yeah. go first, because uh, we do have a couple of idioms to break down for y'all. Right. The reason you're all here. Mm-hmm. All right, so today's game, we mm-hmm. decided, um, I, I've had this um, magic eye poster. Mm-hmm. Hung on the wall for a while now. It's titled Desert Serenade. Desert Serenade. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's been up on the wall, but it's, it was too high. <laughs> so I've never actually seen the image myself. Right. Uh, so we decided that we're going to take a gander, and whoever sees the image first and can describe it, um, that'll be the first person to go on yeah, the show. That's fair. So let's do it. Okay. I'm going to step up here. This cat is getting everywhere. Nico, get out of here. Okay. Oh, yes. Are right, you ready? I'm already looking. All right, three, two, one. Okay. Okay. Uh, I see it. No, you do not. Really? Yeah. I do. Wow. It's too... 
It's a mother, a lion, or no, a mother and a ba- a cub, on some sort of desert stone <clears throat> thing. Wow, I still don't see it. But what all kind of animals? Is that? I think maybe I guess it's like a female lion. Maybe you don't blur your eyes. No, I'm trying to get closer. Female lion. No, it's, it's I think it's a wolf. Probably. I'll just tell, I'll, I'll tell you what it's not very clear. Tell me about it. There. Hold on, I gotta get in the microphone. Okay, well, I saw it immediately. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I still don't see it. And it's a, it's a, looks like a wolf and her cub howling on a desert rock, and there's a a big sun in the background and some desert mountains in the distance. Do you want to, do you want to get up there and try to wait until another time? Man, Um, this thing has been in my house for months. I haven't seen it. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah. So I, I heard there was two wolves or coyotes. Oh, yeah, maybe head. they're That's coyotes. It. Yeah, they looked weird. Their heads weren't the right size. Well, anyway, finally Ryan's giant intelligence won him a game of chance. What is well, it? It's not a game of chance. You know, the, with the magic eye posters, what is that? If you can do those quickly, does what does it say about your vision? That you your, have deep vision. Deep vision. Thank you. Mm. I think what it means is that you win, which means you get to go first tonight. Oh boy, my first time going first. <laughs> I've probably it only has gone. Been a while. I've probably only gone first like five out of 20, 24 times. Well, we have a we have a count somewhere. This Our 20. number one fan knows. <laughs> Who's? Do we have a number one fan? Oh yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so uh, my idiom. Uh, might be unfamiliar to some people. Could be unfamiliar to you. Probably. And uh, when in a heated disagreement, sometimes someone needs to come in and pour oil on troubled waters. I don't know that one. Have you ever heard I that one? I know bridge under trouble, over troubled waters. Exactly. Well, yeah, I guess troubled waters is kind of, uh, that might that's kind Troubling. of idiomatic in a way, too. Yeah. I did see somewhere that, that, uh, Troubled as an adjective to refer to physical elements was goes back to like 14th century. That's pretty far back. <laughs> That's pretty far back. Anyway, I was wow, thinking oil on troubled waters. Eh? Pour oil on troubled waters. Okay. Do you want to guess what that means? Gosh, I mean, okay. So there's the whole, you know, oh, you know, oil and water. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't they don't mix, right? Mm-hmm. I imagine. What it's trying to say is like the oil calms the troubled waters. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's the that's the meaning, right? But uh, but then like figuratively, what does it mean? Oh, like where is it? Where's that? Where does it originate from? No, like oh, no, figuratively, figuratively, what does it mean? Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, what was it? BP. BP. <laughs> I guess that was, was under. That was a lot of troubled oil under calm waters. That, yeah, on top, actually, on, probably. Wasn't it shooting yeah. out from the bottom? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like that. Well, it means to attempt to calm a difficult or tense situation. Yes. All right. I feel like I said that. I think you're talking literally about oil and water. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I use the idea of oil and water literally not mixing so that the, it calms. The calms, right. It calms. Well, Although I don't know if pouring oil on the water actually would calm the water. Well, that's what we're going to get into today. Fantastic. (laughs) 
And I know that this might not be... I was kind of thinking of your sweet Fanny Adams one, which was like the first one yes. you did. Yes. Where it was like, we can also introduce new idioms I think it's a great world. idea. I found this in a book from 1895. And I was like, huh. Of course you did. I've never... It was a Google book. Oops. A ghoul book? Ghoul book. Was it? A Google book. A Google book. You know oh, Google oh, books? Oh, yeah, you look them up. Yeah. On Google. Yeah, 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 sure. Um, I didn't actually. Wasn't you didn't physically hold. I didn't hold physically the hold and eat. Smell the old pages. No. All right. So pour oil on troubled waters. Do you want to uh, try to take a guess? Wow. Of, of the origin of this idiom. Jeez. Which means to calm a difficult or tense situation. Pour oil on troubled waters. I would say. I mean, this one makes me think navy right away because okay. of water. Anything with water, but um. I can't imagine why anyone would do this. Unless it's baby oil. You're giving a baby a bath? Yeah. You splash around too much? Yeah. Cover him in oil? Yeah. And then, it, you know, it, like it just stops splashing around? Because it's because covered in it's oil. covered in oil? Yeah. Because it can't splash. Because the oil creates a barrier from the water... And also a sound barrier from the air. Wow. Wow. This is my worst guess ever. <laughs> so you think it comes from when Navy personnel used to bathe babies? In, in the ocean. In the, <laughs> in the ocean. Oh, but also, God. That is bad. But you're the one saying, you're saying ocean, but maybe, maybe it's not the ocean. Maybe it's a bathtub. Could be a lake. Could be a lake or a pond. All right. You know what? Okay. Why would somebody do this? Maybe, okay, you feel like you, you, you need the water. Oh, it's rushing around. The water's rushing around. So you got to pour oil on it, which is insane. I think that, no, you know what? Um, okay, okay. Here's what I'm thinking. There's a ship, right? Yeah. And it's a rough sea. Yeah. And you are getting beat up. But like the sea's tossing you all over the place. Yeah. And then... There's a breach, and your your ship oil is spilling all over, uh, and and you're you're going down. Right. So maybe the the calmness is when you accept dying. Mm. You know, you're like, all right, I'm covered in oil, and I'm in a storm. Yeah. On the sea, and uh, this is like when mo engines were first invented. Oh, okay. So there's no hope. Right. No hope. <laughs> and you're just like, ah. I'm I'm just I'm relaxed because I'm just giving up. Yeah, maybe it was even on the Titanic. <laughs> maybe. I mean, even though I I said that I found this in a book from 1895, but perfect. <laughs> um, cool. That yeah, it was oh, like oof. there were some there were some things in there that were right though, <laughs> like ships and are involved in water. Oh, good. Thank God. Yeah. All right, so just you can cut the baby thing out. Whatever. Yeah. Let's hear it. So, well, first of all, this is. Putting oil into water has been a practice that dates back to before Christianity, like before, like a BC, you know, like ancient like baptism, Gre like ancient Greeks and ancient Romans um, practiced using oil to literally calm the water. Now, this is like, I don't totally understand, you know, like how, sure. how much oil would it take to really calm the whole ocean, the whole ocean. But um, it's there's, there's I'm just gonna go through three things, okay? Sure. So first, Pliny the Elder. Oh, sure. 
How many times have you seen Pliny the Elder's name? Just recently. Oh, really? Well, because when we were, well, I mean, we used them before. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was looking up stuff the other day, and uh, on an idiom I decided not to go with, he, uh, he showed up again. Yeah, well, so he was... He's like us, only in like, how long ago? Thousand he, years? He was... Two thousand? Uh, he was like in the first century. Ah, the best century. AD. So he was a Roman author and natural philosopher, and he was a naval and army commander, and he just spent really? all of his time working on this natural history book, which actually set the mm, set the standard for what encyclopedias became. Nice. And in there, he it's the first mention of um, of how oil can be used to soothe the water, and how divers would actually. Dive underwater with oil in their mouths and let some oil out so it would it would stop the like the um the ripples of the water above and really? light could come through in a really like clear, straight way. Did that actually work though? Apparently, but we gotta try it ourselves. We need to fill our mouths Let's do with it. oil. <laughs> um so so that's like one of the, the earlier Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, that's like that's one wild. of the earlier mentions, I guess, that uh that we we see of that, which was in 77 AD. And, you know, he died attempting to uh, to um, to help a drink friend. Oil. To drink oil. <laughs> His friend was stuck on a ship when Mount Vesuvius erupted. And he, really? He, he, he attempted to help him. And he, to get he out died. on the ship? He was going to take his ship to help the friend and the friend's family. And what happened? The ship? And everyone just, you know, Pompeyed, turned into ash people. That's a shame. But then I read somewhere that that's not true, and he was actually really fat and unhealthy, and he had a heart attack. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, I, I actually don't believe he even exists. Yeah, he maybe he was just made up. I feel anyone like he's could made make up. up anything. Uh huh. Like he's like a he's like a um like he's all sorts of people's ideas all funneled into the idea of a one the being that actually never existed. You know? Pliny the Elder, because it like. Is an acronym for something. Ooh, we'll look into that. <laughs> yes. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Six months. So the other, there's another reference um, from the uh, from Saint Aidan, who is an Irish saint uh, of Lindisfarne, and he, apparently a priest went to him for some blessing. He had to go find a. He had to go procure a wife for some king. Sure. He's, he's like, oh Saint Aidan, give me a blessing. For these long travels. And he's like, not only am I going to give you a blessing, I'm going to give you some oil. A couple bottles of oil. Okay. Because I foresee some troubled waters in your in your future. When you come back with the maiden overseas, you're going to use this oil, you're going to pour it in the water, and it's going to calm the seas and lead you to safe passage. Plus, I see some undressed salads in your future. So, so you take a little bit of the oil, a little bit of vinaigrette, <laughs> you mix them together, bing a bang boom Hey! Hey! And who knows, maybe a romantic dinner, you and the king's new wife on the boat. Anything could happen. Hey. Those priests, you know. They do what they want. I'm sorry, you never know. Well, you never know. You can't. I know. But, uh, but so this act, this ended up happening. Wow. And the and the, the priest's account, he was like, we ended up needing the oil. As soon as we put the oil in the water, it sort of flattens the the the, the waves and the ripples of the sea, and it made it for smooth smoother sailing. Wow! And they were able to. How long of a distance did it smooth out the water? Miles? 
Like, what if it was like two bottles? <laughs> a, a mile, a bottle a mile. Just a bottle a mile? That's not bad. Well, it, it creates a film of like molecules of oil. So sure. you only need a little bit. And then it, and then it just like, you know, science. Science it like happens. You gotta, it feels like you would have to shoot it out far in front of the boat to really make sure, you know? Right, right. To give it time to smooth out. How, how do you shoot it out? <sighs> Back then, catapult, I guess. Catapult olive oil into the, uh, <laughs> I actually don't know which kind of oil. Fish oil? Balsamic? Vinaigrette? Um, that's vinaigrette. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the third thing is, uh, I just want to bring up Benjamin Franklin. Thank God, I was waiting for this. And, and this is technically a Philadelphia podcast, Philadelphia-based podcast. Yeah, technically, uh, For definitely. those of you who don't know, Benjamin Franklin is a very important figure in the city. Yes. And he's still walking around. Still walking around. Everywhere. He's, he's got his chicken own, legs. He's got his own bridge. It's true. But he, um, in the late 50s, he 1750s, he was out to sea with this like fleet of 96 ships, and they were going to England for something. And um, the all of the, uh, the the wake of the ships were really rough, and except for two, two, and they were really smooth. And he okay. goes to the captain. He's like, "Hey, uh, what's what's up with the, uh, <laughs> what's the deal with the wake of the ships? Why are those two ships the the wakes are so smooth?" And the captain's like. Apparently, in a, in almost like a, a voice of contempt, like he, like Benjamin Franklin was an idiot. He's like, well, the cooks just uh, emptied out the grease, the oil from the cooking oil. Wow! So on those two ships, so the wake is always smooth when they do that. Wow! Free grease. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to cut that out of that cop. Um, so Benjamin Franklin was like, you know, I read about this in Pliny the Elder's uh-huh. natural history text. Maybe I'll conduct a few experiments myself. Sure. Because he was known for, for experiments. Right. The key. So he brought, he always kept a, a file of oil in the hollowed top part of his cane, his bamboo of cane. Course. What a fucking freak. What is his deal? What is his deal? I mean, like, okay, so go ahead. <laughs> and what does he do? Well, when he got to England, he went to the Lake District, um, which... Is where the lake. romantic poetry started. Oh, and by the lake. There oh, yeah, are some sure. connections between the romantic poets and Robert Burns, who wrote Old Lang Syne. Whoa, all bringing it all around. Bringing it Full all around. Full circle. Anyway, he went to a pond there in, uh, well, I forget the name. Pond Lee Hockey. Pond Lee Hockey. Shoot, I forget. But anyway, uh, it's like called like Clapham or something. I think it's Clapham. Clapham. <laughs> that's, that's fun. He went to a pond. He put some oil in... Like where like it hit the sand and he's like, I don't see anything working here. <laughs> and then he went around to the other side of the pond. Yeah. And he put some drops of oil and immediately the surface of the lake had smoothed over. Wow. And he and all it took was a little bit of oil and the whole thing was, was smooth. And he's like, it's a miracle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a miracle. Benjamin Frank would say things like, it's science. Ah, it's science. Nobody can prove me wrong because nobody knows science yet. Precisely. And he's got his bifocals on. He's got a kite. I was like, look, I invented two types of glasses in one. That was him changing the uh, bifocals. Of course. Things. So uh, anyway, he asked some other friends that were like involved with, with fishermen. And they were like, yeah, like fishermen in, in Lisbon spread olive oil, uh, spread oil. I keep saying olive oil. So they would put oil on the water when they were spear fishing because they could be they would be able to see the fish clear. Oh yeah. So anyway, 
There's a bunch of examples like that. And is that where fish oil comes from? Oh. <laughs> Once you pull the fish through the oil. And it gets oily. Never thought about that. All right. Is that stuff good to take? Are you supposed to take It's good that? for your joints. Really? That's what they say. My legs feel like they're 94 years old. You know what? Larry King endorses giant fish oil pills now. Isn't there some like ethical thing with... Fish oil. How you have to just squeeze thirty fish into a one pill. Is that what's happening there? Squeezing Larry King into <laughs> the fish oil. That'd be funny to find out that um all fish oil comes from Larry King. Yeah, that would that's be why really he's always that's why he's always saying to buy fish oil. He's like, well, I got all this fish oil around here, and I'm Larry King, so buy it up. Ew. Stop staring at the TV and buy it up. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to consider where the fish oil is coming from. Do you? He has a gland. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think gland is a word I didn't want to hear. Larry King's fish oil gland. <laughs> Get in there. Bring it out, Mary. <laughs> oh, who's Mary? That's <laughs> is like that's like the. She's like. You know, like a fake doctor that yeah. just she's she got like crazy searching eyes. Searching eyes, yeah. And she's well, just like Larry. She's so bewildered. Larry is not again. Ring it out, Mary! <laughs> ring it, ring it, ring! <laughs> My God! All right, let me finish up here. I'm almost done. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Larry King's King. fish oil <laughs> pills. The only fish oil made from Larry King's fish oil, <laughs> fish oil gland in his body somewhere. Um, how does how is everyone in the uh, Times Square feel? How you feeling about the episode? How's so everyone far? in Times Square feeling about the episode so far? That's mixed, <laughs> mixed. <laughs> to put it lightly. Okay, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll continue. Let me let me just say this. Come on, yes, last thing. I want to hear it. This is interesting. Um, so people actually poured oil on troubled waters. We know that. Right. It's, I've like, it's even a at, fact. I asked my uh, Navy brother-in-law, have, have you ever heard? And he's like, I've never heard this before. I was like, you know, it just seems, it just seems like well, this is like an old fisherman thing. Synthetic well, oil. That's a, and I'd like to say right now that we do not condone Synthetic, synthetic oil of any kind, any kind in the in the sea. We are pro um, a- animal life. Keep the oil in the fish. Keep the oil in the fish. Keep the oil in the gas tanks. Right. Or the what are those? The big ships called? Oil tankers. Oil tankers. Thank Keep you. them in. Keep them in. Um, For all lang syne. Do you remember we went to New Orleans and we watched? We, we wanted to order charbroiled oysters and they're like, yes. And it was kind of like there was just that oil spill, and you weren't really supposed to order seafood. Ooh. I remember that. I don't really remember. They're good, though. They were really good. It was probably the extra oil. That's <laughs> right. So uh, it, it came into figured views. It became an idiom Ooh. after uh, this guy, Benjamin Rush, wrote a letter to Richard Price. Does not matter who either of these guys are. Don't know. Don't care. Okay. But, uh, they were, they were, one of them was a statesman and one was like some Having Welsh a bit of a correspondence. A correspondence. And, uh, and, um, it was in 1786 and Benjamin Franklin had been hanging about and Benjamin Rush was just like, dude, Benjamin Franklin <laughs> is like just so cool to have around. He's oh. really, 
he's still so youthful, and but he's filled with wisdom. And I, I want to know more about Benjamin Franklin, I think. Where's the biop- biopic? Biopic? Biopic. Yeah, I, I'll tell you. He doesn't ever look youthful. No, it's cause, but I think it's because he enjoyed he ham. Did. He did enjoy ham. Clap, Clap ham. hams. <laughs> so, um, and, and he said, to borrow an illusion from one of his discoveries, his presence and advice, like oil upon troubled waters, have composed the contending waves of faction, which for so many years agitated the state of Pennsylvania. Wow. So he used Franklin's experiment as an idiom about Benjamin wow. Franklin. Wow. That is <sighs> like some meta shit. And now he's got his own bridge. Yeah, he does. Where, Can't cars, take that away from where cars that run on oil over the troubled the water waters. of Delaware River. True. The Delaware River? It's not uh, an ocean. The Delaware Ocean. Um, wow. I forget how my sentence started. He's like... He like brought it into fruition. Mm-hmm. Only and that's amazing. Only Benjamin Franklin. Um, I'm gonna, can I tell you a couple things about him? Yes, please. Yeah, I'd love to hear. It. He's a member of the International Swimming Hall of Fame. That's shocking. It was a posthumous induction. Oh, okay. He, but apparently he was a huge swimmer. But just not a good one. No, he would swim like miles at a time. And he wanted to get he wanted to get swimming like uh, to be a part of uh, educational programs school I guess what people, people were call just it. like no no swimming in no school swimming. I don't think so well he probably liked where are we gonna keep the towel he probably liked feeling um buoyant right because he's buoyant he's a big guy what did I say buoyant I meant po- buoyant God I was thinking of the word poignant and buoyant can we get a spring sound effect for the buoyant. <laughs> Thank you. Brought to you by Larry King's, King's fish, fish oil, oil pills. Pills. The giant ones. The bigger, the better. Right. Uh, he was a fashion icon in France. Also funny. You don't believe it, do you? I just, he just, he just looks so funny. He's yeah. like a dumpy, bald, fat guy. Well, um, the, the, the French had this conception of Americans that everyone was like a rustic frontiersman. Right. So when he, he was invited there for some important thing. Right. And he showed up in like really plain clothes and a fur hat. Okay. You know, cause like a, like a Davy Crockett kind of sure. hat. And everyone was like, look that at this guy. guy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> rustic. Wow. Can we get some rustic, rustic wood, yeah, woodsy wood. sounds? While, mm. okay. Imagine Benjamin Franklin, you know, right there on the, getting rustic. You know, walking through the streets of Paris, you know, he's got a raccoon on his head and he's, uh, he's got winking leaves winking in his pockets. You know, trees coming out of his knees. And a ham in his hands. <laughs> Two hams. He lived it up. That's Clapping sure. hams together. <laughs> and the French loved it. I can see it. That's the last time a French person loved an American. Wow. <clears throat> That's probably a long time ago, right? I, I don't know. I don't care. Bad yeah. with the dates over here. He invented a musical instrument called the glass harmonica. Oh, you know okay. the sound. You know when you wet your uh, finger and you yeah. you touch the rim of a glass. Uh-huh. He made an instrument based on that. Uh huh. Did you have to put water in it? You needed to dip your fingers in water, and then you played all these different glass things. It's hard to transport. <laughs> it's not. It, it's not a harmonica. It's not as. It's not a harpsichord. It's an harmonica or a harp. I don't. I don't know. That seems like a trick. And Mozart and Beethoven composed on one. Really? Yeah. 
Wow. They, they compose music on, on the glass harmonicas. You definitely don't hear that every day. That, that's, and that's what we do here at Don't Be an Idiom. We bring things to you that you would not hear that's on a right, regular baby. old day. And uh, the last thing I'll say about Benjamin Franklin. I'm sorry. I'm just like, I feel like we should know some more things about Benjamin Franklin. I am always shocked about how many things there are There's about so many ben, things. Benjamin Franklin. I feel like he was just wheeling and dealing. Mm-hmm. He's just like, no rules. What are you going to do? Well, he retired at 42. He had enough money where he's like, I'm just going to be retired a man of science. <laughs> I feel like he, he was a famous uh, like printer. Sure. I mean, the printing press printing in the press? 1700s? Sure. That's pretty big. Yeah, I mean, but he's working the printer. <laughs> that guy looks, well, you know. to me, I feel like he's always just, you do it. He's like delegating. No. He, he to me, seems like he was just like using well, that, his wit to yeah, work smarter, not harder. His whole life. So reti- that, to retiring, I don't see what he ever did. That that, but that's a good point. Work. He he might have said work smarter, smarter not, not harder. harder first. Thou should work smarter, not harder. My good man. My good man. He had a thick English accent. Benjamin Franklin. I am a uh, Renaissance man. I guess a lot of people might have had English accents in the 1700s. Right. Yeah, yeah. When he was 16 years old, his brother had a a newspaper. And he became famous by submitting essays and commentary at, at, as a fictionalized widow named Silence Duguid. Oh and he tricked God. his brother. And, and everyone was obsessed with this woman. And she gave like comments about marriage wow. and um, relationships and women's rights and religion. And it was him the whole time. Wow. You know, Benjamin Franklin seems like did he ever like did he ever kill anybody? I feel like he would have been a like if he, he seems did a little it narcissistic was, kind of. If he did ever kill someone, I think it was to be like I want to know what it's like to kill someone. Yeah, I could see him. Doing and then that. What, what? And then figure out like what are some ways that you would dispose the body? Yeah, no, I, just he, to me, curious. Seems, yeah, just and curious. then he's like he's like okay, that was easy. I just ate it. I just cooked it up with some ham. <laughs> I made it. a man ham. It's a manham. It's science. It's science, baby. And he slapped a couple maids in the butt. Yep. And by the way, we we do don't not condone, condone that, that at all. At all. Don't even find it funny. No. Please rejoice. Send us money. <laughs> Send money to our Patreon. <laughs> um, but uh, what's um, what's the thing you say like uh, after it's like? Don't oh, be we, a Patreon. We don't actually have a Patreon. We don't. I was trying to think of a word, but I forget the word. Anyway, that's a kind non of non de plume. Non de plume. <laughs> Fleur de lis. So anyway, I thought with the new year coming that we could all pour oil on troubled waters and maybe hey. and maybe just try to have a better year, get into fewer arguments, be a little bit more positive. We should be the oil. Ooh. On the troubled waters of society. Ah. Instead of being part of the troubled water. And I agree. Merman. <laughs> right. I think that's that's good advice, man, for the Thank you. You know, for the new year. Mm-hmm. I didn't plan any advice for anybody. Well, it was it was last minute kind of. Hey, thing. let me ask you something. Before yeah. we before we switch gears here, yeah. uh did you um and that's probably an idiom. Yeah, uh switch gears, yeah. Did you uh do you believe in this whole oil calming water business? Well, I think they I think it definitely is. A, I mean, it definitely does. Actually, I, I did find a video on YouTube uh-huh. called The Curiosity Show. I think it was maybe it was like an Australian show from the 70s. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. Where this guy's like, oh, and he's got like a little uh, Smurfs kiddie pool uh-huh. with a, with one of those like 
little personal fans okay. blowing on it. And he put oil in it. And you just see the, the water immediately go flat. The whole thing. Uh, no, but like a, like a, a quarter of the, the wow. kiddie swimming pool. It just, and for, it's for a moment. Just a moment. It's for a moment, but also there was a fan right on it. But you can imagine. Right, yeah. You know, like maybe, maybe in a lake or something. Maybe there's something to it. But I guess if you think of like oil spills when you see footage of that, I mean, the oil does, it just like flattens the whole sure. top Because of the, water and oil don't. They can't mix, right? So right. The water, the oil is just like and it's laying more, on you like a blanket. And it's more dense. Yeah. Science. Science. Benjamin Franklin. And but and, and you only need so little because it, it just becomes like a molecule, a layer of like molecules of oil. I love it. We are, we know. I don't know. We know. Well, I think old Lang Syme would have really appreciated that one. Sea serpents love a hey, clear... Hey! 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 They like to look up hey. and see nothing but clarity. Hey. <laughs> I feel like old Lang Syme would be like, um, actually, uh, the oil is very toxic. I, <laughs> I have almost died many times. Many times. My hat is ruined. Can't smoke cigars anymore. It's not easy smoking cigars underwater when there's oil. Plus they're canoes. They're just canoes. Canoes. Oh, he thinks it's he oil, but it's, it's a, No, it's like he thinks it's, it's a, he's like, oh, another cigar. And he rips a canoe out of the water. Oh, this is a huge. He's big, oh, baby. Okay. Loch Ness. Yeah. Loch Ness. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's go. All right, man. Should we nice have some one. sort of um, transition Hey, everyone. Sound? What, do you, what do you, what does everybody think about Ryan's idiom out here on Times Square? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> okay, well, this is the transition. Right, okay, maybe we'll, maybe we'll turn it up in the second act. Tra- this, this is our new transition thing we're going to try out. Yeah. All right. All right, here we are. It's a whole, the tables have turned. All right, right. So I'm going to jump right into my idiom. It is, uh, so, so maybe if you're wondering what to do for New Year's because you're tired of the same old, same old, mm-hmm. uh, you you might be like, well, you know, I do the same thing every year. Uh, what do I want to do this year? What do I want to do? I'm drawing a blank. Drawing a I'm blank. I'm drawing a blank. That's my idiom. Dude, that's a I'm classic. Sticking to it. That is a classic. That is a classic. Okay. Wow. Any, drawing, I, any ideas? Okay. So well, you know what the it means. Meaning, the meaning. Yeah, drawing a blank means you you can't come up with an idea. You can't. You have no thought about it. Oh, yeah. But what is the origin story of drawing a blank? Yes. <clears throat> hmm. Harpsichord? Harpsichord. Play me on. I'm going to walk on stage and prepare <laughs> my origin story. I imagine with the drawing a blank. All right, I'm just going to start. We'll see where this goes, okay? Jump in, yeah. All don't right. even think about it. I'm, I'm imagining, imagining a bucket of bullets. Okay. All right, there's a bucket of bullets. There's a, uh, an old competition, the old, the old days. Yeah. The Wild West. All right. 1901. All right? Sure. Um, and... You know, there are, some of the bullets are real bullets. Some of the bullets are blanks. Uh-huh. Okay. And you have to, the people, you know, you, 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 you fill up the, your six shooter with one bullet that right. you've you chosen from this bucket. Right. Right. And um, there's a bullseye thing, mm-hmm. but it's one of those women 
tied tied to shore. Oh wait, wait! Like the women tied to the wheel. This is like a carnival. You throw knives at. Yeah, like the knife throwing women people. Okay, but in this game. But in this game, it's the bullet. (laughs) Bullets coming at you, extravaganza. Okay. All right. And uh, this is an old West, Wild West carnival game. And no one's and no one's, no one's to done blame. anything wrong. <laughs> no, no, and also this well, is, everyone's willing, yeah. a willing participant. Everybody here okay. is a willing participant. So uh, you 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 take the bullet, you you'd aim, uh-huh. and then you'd shoot. And if you, and what do you want to happen here? <laughs> <laughs> you you want it to be a real bullet? You want it to be a real bullet. Because the girl's spinning on the wheel. Oh, wow. <laughs> She's also spinning. Okay. And, uh, yeah, where her, her legs are apart. <laughs> really, really far apart. <laughs> I feel like my guesses keep going in the wrong All right, direction. no, I like this. But you know, like, when someone's She's like spinning an spinning on the wheel. I get yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. There's, like, a little, like, a smaller yep. uh, bullseye. Right. And uh, you want to shoot that? <laughs> Wait, where's the smaller bullseye? <laughs> like, you know, about Between down, no, but down by like the ankles or whatever. <laughs> the okay. knees. All right. Okay. So you, as the you're 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 paying to play this game, right? <laughs> yes. You you step right up. You put the the bullet the, in there. It could be real. It could be blank. Yeah. And um, you and shoot. You take a shot trying to hit. You this. take a shot. If you draw a blank, you lose. Okay. If you you yeah, have draw a real bullet and you shoot you win just only only if it hits the target and if you draw a blanket you have no idea what to do while you're there on that stage you're just gonna you just gotta walk away well what if you hit the girl (laughs) you go to jail (laughs) oh my god (laughs) this is a great game you go to jail Uh and they they replenish uh, the person okay. could be could be a man, woman, anything, child, child. We, they don't uh, discriminate. Sea serpent. It uh-huh. could, yeah, this is not like a the anti woman thing. Right, this we're not a, trying to not trying to start no. anything. <laughs> Anyone could be up there, but just in the the famous example, we're calming waters here. We're pouring oil all over this episode. Wow. Okay. Um, Man, that is way more interesting than what I got for you. Yeah, it doesn't really add up <laughs> to making a whole lot of sense, but I feel like, you know, I've, drawing a blank, I'm drawing a blank on maybe how to make this this work. Sure, <laughs> very good. That's good. Um, is that close? I think it's good. I'll tell you what. Or does it have to do with cards? I think I definitely know what uh, our next, um, uh, you know, opening who goes first game could be. Mm-hmm. This, this one right here. Okay, that's good. That's a good point. You know, tie you up. <laughs> For your little dress, I would do that. Yeah, well, really, but not with the bullets. I'm shooting. <laughs> like a like a Nerf gun with a suction cup. I love it. All right, so if we have anybody, any listeners out there that can make this apparatus, let's do it. Let's strap Ryan to a wheel. Strap me to wheel, baby. And we'll also need bullets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nerf bullets. Nerf bullets. All right, <laughs> right. That was great. That was great. It's okay. not. It's not it's where. Not it's that. not where it actually comes from. Um, oh. So. Okay. The actual origin comes from 16th century Tudor England. Tudor. You know the Tudors. 
Tutors. You know all about them. Going back. Yeah, I don't actually know what that means. <laughs> did, you, did you look it up? I mean, I know it, it is Tudor England. Tudor England. T-U-D-O-R. T-U-D-O-R. And then talk to me about what was going on in 16th century right. Tudor England. So here's the deal. Shakespeare um, was kicking about in the late 1500s. Really? Well, maybe he got to see a little, little he, bit of it. He was also a metal rat. What? Are we bringing it back again? Bringing it back around? Cycling around. All right. So here's here's where it comes from. So Queen Elizabeth I decided to do the the first national lottery hmm. um, at this time because they didn't want to raise taxes. So they wanted, uh, they, they wanted to raise money for the reparation of the havens and the strength mm. of the realm which i think is cool it's yeah, like it's we're talking cool. about the realms very game of well, the thrones. british empire the realm and um and towards you know further public works so it's basically a trick to raise to raise money yeah sure so um on august 23rd 1567 they put out a royal proclamation and it was um uh, and it had this big, uh, this at the top of it. It's I actually got to see like copies of like what it looked like. Th- there would be like what scrolls that they would like they would hammer actually, around, so or they, they, so they're town criers. They would put out. Um, they were five feet by twenty inches. They would Ooh. post them all around um, in the cities about, hmm. and it would show all of the prizes in the lottery. And at the top, it said a a very rich lottery without any blanks. Hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, here's how it basically worked. You would have um, I see where this is the going. design of this lottery was you would have two wheels. In the one wheel was all of the people's names and tickets um, and mottos. We're going to come back to the mottos okay. uh, in one wheel. And then in the other wheel, you would have all the prize tickets. So when you were doing the drawings, you would pull the name and at the same time pull a prize. Hmm. Um, so there were... This was a the, the the idea for this lottery was kind of insane. Like so, here was here was their plan. They wanted to do they they intended to sell four hundred thousand tickets yeah. for this lottery, and each ticket was ten shillings. Now, if you're wondering if that's a lot of money, ten shillings back in the day, it was. Yeah. Um, they said like a day laborer would only make about one shilling a day. So uh-huh. really, this was kind of. It was a way to really get the money from the rich. Yeah. Which I, th- I think that's great. I'm fine with me. You know? Fine with me. So here's what you would do. You would pay 10 shillings for one ticket, and then they were hoping to get 400,000 people in this. So in one wheel, they wanted 400,000 name tickets. Wow. And in the other wheel... They, big wheels. It, yeah. So it, it, here's here's the other... The, the, the idea was they had... Um, 13 top prizes like they were like the premier prizes and the very the very biggest one was um it was supposed to be worth five thousand pounds you got three thousand in cash and then everything else was in like gold and silver plate and uh tapestries and Mm -hmm. like uh and like fine linens Mm. that was the number one prize everything else down there from that was was less and less sausage yeah yeah salted meats yeah Blood, blood pudding, blood pudding. Oh. I don't know, but but here's the thing: there was a total of they wanted thirty thousand prizes. Mm. Thirty thousand. How do you even come up with thirty thousand prizes? I don't, know. I don't. I don't know. So so that was their plan. It was going to be 
it was going to be um 400,000 people involved. 30,000 people get prizes. Yeah. But then you say, well, what about the no blanks? Um, I, I probably didn't even say this yet. Blanks would be if you pulled a blank ticket. Yeah. Like there's nothing. Like So it's like. But didn't it say on the, the thing that they put up? No blanks? No blanks, right? So here's the deal. The Even if you got a, a quote unquote like loser ticket or like yeah. a non-prize, you got 25% of your bet back. Oh, okay. So uh, it was ended up being like if you spent 10 shillings, you got half a crown back. Okay. 250. Right. So here's this thing had a lot of problems. <laughs> First of all, the ticket sales window, like for this lottery, was way too long. It went from August of 1567 mm-hmm. all the way to May of 1568. So wow. nine months of yeah. just ticket buying. Right. But the thing is, is that. Um, they kept pushing back even after nine months they kept pushing back the drawing dates because people weren't buying them because they didn't trust the monarchy yeah of course okay who trusts the monarchy i never trust the monarchy so in the end um they only sold about a twelfth of what they had projected so you know like a twelfth of four hundred thousand which is It's just under 34,000. Did you just do that math off the top of your head? I put it in here. I put it in here. So so now they're like, oh, okay. We didn't get enough people in this. So what they had to do was they took every prize. Like imagine that first prize that I said was worth 5,000 pounds. Yeah. They diminished that to one-twelfth of its value. What ends up being like um, 416 pounds. So this thing that was supposed to be this big grand right. thing, like the top prize wasn't even yeah, that big. like that big. And then everything else was even <clears throat> smaller. Also, what they did was, since they didn't get enough ticket buyers, they, they seemed to be set on this idea of having 400,000 tickets. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess they just bought the tickets already. They're like, no, we got to use them. Every person that bought a ticket now got 12 tickets. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, this is so, a lot of chances. To a lot of chances, but get... the stuff's not worth as much. Right. And what I think ended up actually happening was those blanks that were supposed to get you like a half a crown back. Right. They were just like, forget that. We <laughs> we barely have enough money. Right. For the um for the top prizes. Oh. So so drawing a blank would be your name gets called in the in wheel number one and you're all excited and then wheel number two comes out and it's like blank nothing so you drew a blank whoa so that's where that's where it all kind of got started with that that term queen elizabeth the first uh-huh now i had a little bit of information about once they finally got the um the lottery going Mm -hmm. So so remember it was nine months of buying tickets then they kept postponing the drawing date they finally had the drawing on January 11th, 1569. So that's a year and five months after the Royal Proclamation. It's worth the wait. People are waiting. Yeah. Like, also, nobody really, like, they, they had, they weren't selling stuff. So they would, like, send people out and be like, you got to buy these tickets. Like, they, they were really trying to muscle people into it. But still, they didn't get much of a turnout. Yeah. So here's what they did. Um, they built a timber and board lottery house uh, against St. Paul's Cathedral in uh, London Mm -hmm. and um, the whole area turned into like a public market, a street carnival, a promenade ground. Like it was just like basically like a crazy mob scene, like all around it. Yeah. Um, 
here's what here's the deal though. And this was by design. The drawing they started on January 11th, and it went until May 6th. Four months. Why? They because. Oh, because they, they did thirty, still did thirty thousand, or what? I I don't know if they picked thirty thousand or if they picked all four hundred thousand. They said they went day and night for four months, Ugh. and I guess picked every ticket. I mean, are people standing there waiting to hear their names for four months? Apparently, or what the... the whole scene was just a goddamn mess. Like they had just. You know, people coming in, they said they had like drunks and, and beggars and stuff. They would sleep in the church, in the cathedral yeah. and just pissed and shit right where they were right, laying. Right. They had um, all of these people that were bringing in wares and stuff to sell. They were, they were crowding down into like the crypts and storing like their glassware and all this stuff and deter- and like disturbing all of their uh, like church services and stuff. Jesus. They had people just like, like they, they had these these guys called hoodies, yeah. which I guess were like, you know, the hoods. Yeah. And they were just like using, using like the church statues for target practice with their bows and arrows. Right, it was just like craziness all around. So basically the whole thing didn't go very well. Yeah. Um, and they did, they didn't end up, they didn't really end up raising any money to save like the harbors or any of that stuff. Um, and, uh, and and there's a rumor that right before they even did the drawings, the queen actually uh, withdrew a large sum of money for her own use. So all those people that were worried about like the monarchy not being um, honest with it, they were right. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, so they, that's what it was said. It was like the only person that really benefited from this was Queen Elizabeth, really. Right, and you know what? The whole thing was probably she wasn't even thinking about the whole time. You know, like someone that worked for her someone that worked for someone that worked for her was probably like dealing with this and like oh yeah don't worry i'm on the lottery thing and the oh, guy's like oh right the lottery is whatever actually you know what there was this whole thing about the guy who was in charge of all this who yeah. was also like he was also like he had many titles under under queen elizabeth and i'm sorry i didn't write his name down but um i'm gonna say francis more but i yeah. don't think it was him. Uh, damn, I don't think. <laughs> but, <laughs> he also was like master of swans Ooh, like, I guess, what does the like, master of swan I think do? I mean, I've got like, some ideas. He but... just like is like watches all the queen's yeah, swans. Yeah, yeah. But he was like a narcissistic type that really thought that if he could just like pump this thing up enough, that it yeah. would it would become popular. Oh. And it just didn't didn't happen no. the right way. That's so funny. Yeah, I love it. It's just amazing to me that this stuff gets recorded in time. You know, like that someone that you know everyone goes through the trouble of yeah. making sure that we remember. The great lottery of, you know, yeah. 1569 or whatever. It's just funny that it was such a, like a, such a failure. Yeah. It like didn't, it just was like a goddamn mess and it last and it was like a, and it lasted years and right. months and, and just. But guess who gets to reap the benefits? Queen Elizabeth? Us. Us. Okay. <laughs> it's us. Because right. um, we get to say, I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank here. And maybe that would never would have happened, you know? Yeah. Um. And then, like, you might be wondering, like, how it how it ended up becoming, mm-hmm. you know, the how we use it in yeah, modern yeah. times. So in so that was in the 16th century that they were they were um, using it literally. Yeah, and uh, it was kind of like it actually be, in in print. One of the first times that we see it in print is in Washington Irving's uh, Tales of a Traveler in 1824. Ooh. And uh, one of my favorite stories is in that collection. Get out, really? Adventure of a German student. Yeah. Oh shoot. Okay. Well, there was this. <laughs> there was this quote there, and it said, "It is like being congratulated on the high prize when one has drawn a blank." Hmm. So I guess that's still really using it the old way. Yeah. 
it started getting popular in, in like hunting circles and like uh, they like, used it kind of in like hunting slang. There was yeah. this uh, there was this guy named Roland Eyes Egerton Warburton, and uh, and he wrote in his book uh, in 1832, uh, the man whose heart heaves a sigh when his gorse is drawn blank. <laughs> so gorse is like some type of shrubbery. I tried yeah, looking that up. Yeah. And it wasn't until the, um, in like later in the 19th century that it started being used in as a general figurative sense for, uh, to mean something unsuccessful in a venture of any kind. Oh, like, Hey, how's, how's your, how's your fish oil pill business going? You're like drawing a blank. Drawing a blank. Yeah. So and then it eventually evolved, I guess, from yeah. even from there. Yeah. Wow. And like, really, when you look back on all this, like, it really starts with the the blank that we're talking about comes yeah. back from the French blanc uh, in uh, the 13th century, which just means white, pale, and colorless. Huh. Then a kind of idiomatic brother of this uh, of this type of phrase yeah. is um, in the 1550s. Uh, if you've ever heard the uh, the saying um, point blank, like the Springsteen song. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the uh, white space in the center of a uh, archery target. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's good too. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, then it evolved from there. It's like, we got to the losing lottery ticket in the 1560s, 1570s. It became an empty space in a document when you draw on a blank, like you would actually like, like a legal document. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. Towards 1822, it, it ended up uh, being used as the uh, to be the, to come up with nothing. Huh. But wait, when did it start being that it, you came up with nothing? You can't come up with something like in your head. It was like yeah, when you can't when you can't come up with in the anything, 1800s. Like, yeah, 1822. Uh, good year. It is a fine year. Um, that's interesting. So yeah, you know that's where that all comes from. I did have just a fun fact I, I mentioned earlier in. Um, in the in the wheel that had people's names and the tickets, and mm-hmm. I also mentioned that there were mottos. So, the mottos that people wrote on their tickets were kind of like a way to keep their identity secret. So that I guess, like, if you want a big prize, that nobody like a would nickname be coming, or whatever. Well, nobody would be coming after you, mm-hmm. you know. So to give them some sort of privacy, so yeah. they would actually read the mottos that people wrote on here to identify who was the winner. Hmm. Um, so people would, so we, I got a, I found a couple of funny mottos that people, uh, wrote on here and I'm just going to share them with you before I go. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have William St. Ledger of Canterbury, Ooh, Canterbury, Canterbury Tales. Tales. <laughs> he had ticket number, uh, 230,364. I was going to guess that. And what he wrote was on, as his motto on the yeah. ticket was in God, I hope and a fought for the Pope. What's a fart? Oh, a fart. Oh. A fart. I'm sorry. You got a hope and a fart for the Pope. Oh. So you imagine the right. crowd. Yeah. Probably had fun with that one. Yeah. But this was my favorite one. Uh, so Thomas Watson of Sirenchester, mm-hmm. he had a ticket number, unrecorded, mm-hmm. that wrote this. The head of a snake with garlic is good meat. What does that mean? I don't know. The head of a snake <laughs> with garlic is good meat. That's what he wrote on his lottery ticket. Well, that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. That's um. You want to know how much a shilling is worth? Do you already know? Do you already know? <laughs> like in today's standards? Um, uh, maybe. Back, or in dollars? Uh, uh, or pounds? 
pounds, I guess. A shilling is worth one cent. No. No. Okay. All right. So a shilling is worth one twentieth of a pound sterling. Oh. Which I didn't realize pound, right? Yeah. Like yeah, a yeah. pound of yeah, yeah. silver, I guess, right? Hmm. That's pretty, pretty interesting, I think. And it's also worth 12 pence. 12 pence. One shilling equals 12 pence and one twentieth of a pound. And Mike, Mike Pence. Pence. And Mike Pence. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Politics. What do you think about that, crowd <laughs> at Times Square? Oh, correct answer. Correct. Ugh. Correct. Wow. So that's where drawing a blank comes from, man. Dude, thanks for that, because that's a popular one, and I have never considered that one yeah, before. Yeah, me neither. Well, I hope this is going to be one of the best metal rat years you've ever had. And as for the audience, we hope you stuck with us. We've been told that podcast episodes should really be about 25 minutes long. Oh, wow. <laughs> But, like, you know, based on studies and blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah. We don't care because we just feel like doing this. Whatever we want. We do what we want. We could add a sound effect here. Maybe a sound effect over at Meow. And we could do one. We could do a two at the same time, right? Meow. See? And no one can stop us. That's our thing. That's our thing. You've never heard one like this. So... From all of us here at Don't Be an Idiom headquarters. In Times Square, New York City, the Big Apple. We just want to remind you. (laughs) For old Lang Syne. For old Lang Syne. Don't. Don't be forgotten. Be. (laughs) Oh, oh, don't. Be Be an an idiom. unheard message. First unheard message sent yesterday at 7.15 p.m. Oh, boys, boys, boys. Benny Frank here. Just calling in the Don't Be an Idiom hotline. How do I do it? I don't know. I'm at the desk with the writing desk and I'm just writing and I hear my brain. I hear it, and I'm, and now all of a sudden you're talking to me. I don't know everything. I'm only one man. But I am one man that only went to school for two years and then retired at age 42. And I say retire with air quotes. I mean, retire from what? Just being like, hey, cool, everyone, look at my glasses. Is that a job or what? And, uh... Also, the key thing, that took like 18 years. That's like one thing, and everyone's just like, look at him go, he's a national treasure, and a national hero treasure. And 
and she's so jovial and full of life. And he's like a he's like a pumpkin that dances around in the grass. And he's just light. The pumpkin's filled with helium. Yeah, that's pretty much that's what I wanted to name my book, my autobiography that I like started and then I died and then it came out and it's like shouldn't it be called my Dalto biography? Cause don't I missed it. I missed my life. Well anyway, uh I'm I'm calling today's kinda of special. I thought it's January nineteenth, twenty twenty. And uh, did you know my birthday is January 17th, 1706? How about that? Two days off. Plus, by the time the fucking listeners hear this, it could be probably January 50th at 5000 BC. Ha 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 ha. Hey, Frank. Another knocks on the very tall chalkboard. Drops the mic. You cut that part out if I want. I don't care if you want. Anyway, thought I'd uh, beef up your Benny Frank, uh, what is it? Top 10. So I'm going to be like Letterman. Hey, you pull, hey, pull. Paul Simon. Uh, Paul Revere, would you not, would you take down that beat on that piece of fence that you got? boom. Alright, we've got the top ten. Top ten things Benjamin Franklin screams in bed every night during his carnal, carnal, forward-thinking sex with multiple women and some men. Here we go, number ten. Did you know? I mean, top things he screams in, in bed. I invented the battery! That's right. Well, I, 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 I didn't invent it. I just uh, I just coined the term. What have you done? Nothing. 42 and retired. Paul. Number nine. Top nine. Uh, did you know they would not let... Did you know they wouldn't let me write the Declaration of Independence because they thought I'd make too many jokes? Nighttime Benjamin Franklin Show. Buddha, Ruda. Uh, that might sound dumb, but nobody's ever heard that song before back then, so it's brand new. I can, I can invent the birthday song if I fucking want to right now. All right, fact number ten. No, it says eight. Uh, I only went to two years of former schooling, bitch. All right. Ooh, ooh, collar pull. Steam comes out. Number seven. I take air baths every day, and that means I'm naked, walking around, retired, and been doing Ben Franklin stuff, thinking about weird, probably even aliens at this point. I'm, I'm ahead of my time. All right, number six, things that Benjamin Franklin screams in bed. Uh, I have two birthdays. Two fucking birthdays. Uh, yeah, it's uh, something with the uh, calendar. It was like he was invented around the time the calendar was. So they were just like getting it all in order. So, okay. Number five. Five golden Benjamin Franklins. Or five golden bifocals. Bifocals, bifocals. 
Franklin, Ben Franklin drove my Ben Franklin model S before the Model T Ford car to the end. And good old Ben was telling everyone that he knew more than they should. So just keep giving the good. Good, 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 good. Ham slap. Oh, we didn't actually say the thing. Uh, number five. <clears throat> Uh, I was the first fucking American to bring tofu in the United States, bitch! Uh, what else? What else? Number four. Um, I invented fins for swimming. Just like all the professional divers out there, like Divey Jones and Divana Ross. They all use those fins and no one says boo. Number four. What about my scientific essay called Fart Proudly? This is in bed, people. In bed. Hoo-wee-huh. I'm kind of running out of facts here. Should have saved the fart. Um, oh, here's a good one to scream in bed. I know I do often. Wait, of course, I'm talking about me. I'm Ben Franklin. In 1785, I was the richest man in America. And there's no way to fact check it because I'm smarter. Bam, bam, bam. Two more? Oof. Okay, um, hmm. Oh! I. I think. I really think that I'm a. Oh! This is a good one! I invented the first fire brigade! So it's like everybody's houses are just catching fire, and I'm like. Let's do something about this. Girl on this arm, girl on this arm, girl. Letting me just kind of sit on her shoulders, sort of like a, uh, but it's a, uh, not sexual. It's a cheerleading thing. Um, unless I'm facing the wrong way, then it is sexual. Okay, and the number one thing that Bryn Franklin screams in bed is... did the air baths. Oh, okay. Here it is. The number one thing that Ben Franklin schemes in bed during carnal sex with multiple women and possibly one man. I can speak six languages. French, English, Latin, Italian, Spanish, and the not so widely accepted language of my own invention. Ben German. Frank Tonian! This is Late Show with Late Night Show, Ben Franklin, uh, but also he's kind of like um, David Letterman, Benjamin Letterman! Alright, good night, Paul Schaefer, Revere, ride your horse out of here. Uh, one if by land, two if by. See you tomorrow! End of message. To delete this message, press 7. Message deleted.